Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Lise Morales. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which, which is us. us. Yes, <laughs> and we read the news so you don't have to. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Indeed. So should we just get right into it? Let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Elise, what is getting you through the week in Trump's America? Uh, the memory of a time before it was Trump's <laughs> America. Uh, I'm talking about how Barack Obama, president of my heart, <laughs> got into the midterm fray this week. He yeah. spoke first at a rally in California. He gave like a 20 minute speech with, which I honestly could only watch clips of because I actually get extremely emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I get like too emotional when I it's see like an Obama. ex that broke up with you that you're not over with. Exactly. That that is truly yeah. how it feels. Where I'm just like, you're so wonderful. I know. <laughs> I remember one time I was broken up with. I cried on the subway for like weeks afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it it really like it feels that way. Like when I hear his voice, I'm like, uh, like it just reminds yeah. me. Like it, it like lurches my heart. You know. <laughs> so. I can't like watch too much of Obama speaking. I have to like watch the clips and then just like read transcripts Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I can't, I like can't handle it, but he's gotten into the midterm game, which is huge. Obviously we all know that the midterm elections are on November 6th, less than 60 days away, less than 60 days away. Um, so Obama's out here stumping for all these candidates. It's pretty huge because I mean, Look, all of us have to vote. Nothing is a given. Polls are bullshit. We all learned this yeah. in 2016. <laughs> but if we're playing the poll game for a little bit, it looks real good for Dems for the House. And yeah, it is now looking like we can also take the Senate because a lot of the red state Democrats are holding. It seems like they're yeah, holding. They're pulling ahead. And then if we pick up, let's say Arizona. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> if we pick up maybe, oh. I don't know, Ted Cruz's oh, seat in God. Texas. I, something that also happened this weekend that's sort of related to that is mm-hmm. that Mick Mulvaney, he's the uh, director of the Office of Management and Budget for the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And he was like in this like closed door meeting and he said, Ted Cruz might lose because he's just so unlikable. <laughs> he, he truly, truly is. He truly is. He's I mean, horrible. There's also that quote from Lindsey Graham where he's like, um, I don't know the like exact word. I he's know like, exactly if, what you're talking he's about. He's like, if if um if someone if a senator killed Ted Cruz on the Senate floor, you'd have a the Senate would have a tough time convicting of that person. Yeah, of murder. exactly. He was like, you could you could shoot Ted Cruz on the Senate floor and no one would say anything. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah, everyone hates Ted Cruz. Um, and hopefully that pans out in Texas as well. Hopefully people in Texas also hate Ted Cruz and Pedro's so great. But anyway, so Obama got in, he gives a really good speech where basically, I mean, he's basically like you, you fucking idiots have to vote. I can't like, that's like, like the underlying thing uh, is like, you dummies didn't vote. Uh, (laughs) Look at what you did. (laughs) I I gave you this beautiful gift and you broke it immediately. I know. (laughs) Um, and he he never mentioned Trump by name, which I think is wonderful because Ob- like Trump can't go like twenty seconds without saying Obama's yeah. name. Um, but he, I mean, he's obviously the whole thing was a subtweet of him. He was like, "November is a chance for us to restore sanity to politics, et cetera, yeah. et cetera." So then, immediately, annoying conservative people start saying, "Oh, like Obama." I think it was Ben Shapiro was like 
Boo. Oh, yeah, I know. Boo, Ben Shapiro. Um, he was like, the, Obama lecturing everyone is how you got Trump. And I'm like, no, the Russians are how we got Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the Russians, actually. Um, also, he wasn't like... it's lecturing he wasn't lecturing i mean no. like i guess he kind of was in the way of being like you guys need to fucking vote like he, don't be apathetic he but also like, was speaking like a person with a brain yeah and that is probably like it's different obviously from what we've been he yeah. strung two sentences together and that that's made triggering sense. for ben shapiro yeah that's i mean that's hard for all republicans to yeah. hear um and then mike pence whose opinion no one has ever asked hmm. about anything was, <laughs> was like it's really unfortunate to see Obama getting so like breaking with tradition and being so political in this election. And it's like, okay, why don't you cry to mother about it? Yeah. Number one. Also, this is not like, we're not like in a normal time. This yeah. is not traditional times. And also presidents, old ex presidents have done this before. Yeah. It's like, it's actually like, it's kind of a misconception that ex presidents don't say anything. They definitely have. I yeah. mean, maybe not, as directly as Obama. I don't know because I haven't looked at all their statements. Yeah. But like we've got I, I have a list of like going back from like Roosevelt and Taft. Eisenhower talked shit about Kennedy. Carter talked shit about Bush. H.W. Bush talked shit about Clinton. So uh, it's it's not unheard of. Carter. Like, Herbert you, Hoover had the audacity to criticize Franklin Roosevelt, <laughs> which is <laughs> some pretty big balls on him. FDR. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, um, I think. Like Carter like called President Bush international relations the worst in history, which is kind of true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look at the Iraq War. Yeah, I know. It's like I I do think that Trump still hasn't beaten Bush in like how bad his international relations have gotten. No. And honestly, hope I really hope that he does not. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, please. Like I'm not hoping for him to overtake Bush in that category. Yeah, like let's not go to start um, any wars. But it's just I love to see Barack out there. He's got fully. He's fully gray now. He's handsome. Um, always been. He's uh, always will I, be. like. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> <laughs> he's so wonderful, and yeah, he was in California because a lot of these vulnerable seats, we have to flip 24 seats in the house to take it. I think we're gonna do it, but obviously mm-hmm. everyone has to come out and vote. And if you go to betches.co/vote, you can get registered if you're not already. But I'm just like really excited to see him out there because I do think that he's really motivating. On the other hand. Republicans say that this is good for them because he motivates, like he makes Republicans so angry that they might come out. But I don't know. I feel good about Obama in California. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, he's probably gonna be super busy going everywhere. He might not need to like stump. I know. Well, I actually was just reading that. um, So Bob Corker's seat, he's stepping down. He's one of the Republicans who like stepped down because he can't deal with like the Trump Republican party. Yeah. Uh, his seat is up for grabs in Tennessee and the Democrat is polling higher in mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Marsha Blackburn versus, oh my God, I should know the Democrat's name. His name is like Bredesen. Bredesen is his last name and he's polling Ahead? above her. Yeah. Yeah. In Tennessee. So. And Claire McCaskill is um, outperforming the Republican in Missouri. Yeah. And Mansion's solid in yeah. West Virginia. The only one who's in real trouble, it seems like, is Heidi Heidkamp. Yeah. So Dakota, if, North Dakota. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe so. So if you, if you're like Heidi Heidkamp, that's my senator. Make sure you're yeah. doing what you got to do to keep her there. Yeah. And I think Trump is going to Missouri and like, you should never have to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, he's going to Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi. Yeah, That's what right. I meant. Yeah. Mississippi. Um, he's going to Mississippi, which is crazy that like a Republican president would even have to go to Missouri yeah. or Mississippi. I keep saying Missouri. Yeah, too. sorry. It might be. Honestly, state abbreviations and names are hard. <laughs> they are. That's what I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the miss comes from. Not all of them are intuitive. No. Didn't Not, you make them? You had to correct I, one. I in had the to correct recently. one in the sup because I mix, mi- mixed up Missouri and Montana or something. Mm. Either way, they're not intuitive. It doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> and no one can get mad at me. It's not super intuitive. Yeah. Okay, Brian. What's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Yes, yes. Um, there has been an update in all this shiznit with Mueller and Trump administration officials and indictments. Gorgeous. I so, love an update. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Papadopoulos, um, George Papadopoulos, Papa, Papadopoulos. <laughs> um, fun side note, I'm having a tough time getting any work done because Lady Gaga is everywhere. I know. Doing like um, these film festivals she just got a standing o i know someone said like you killed it in every scene during this like q a with like hundreds of people and they gave her a standing ovation and she cried and i <sighs> cried watching the video Anyways. and she makes an entrance on every she's like it's like every day it's like lady gaga makes an entrance and i'm like of course yeah, yes. <laughs> what she, were we expecting she doesn't just walk through an entrance no. she makes an entrance truly everywhere <laughs> that she goes it's yeah. like lady gaga makes entrance at the bodega yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so George Papadopoulos was sentenced to 14 days in jail on Friday after having pled guilty or pleaded guilty in October to lying to federal investigators in order to conceal his Russian contacts. So um, basically, um, after Papadopoulos joined the campaign, uh, he ended up talking to, like he joined the campaign and this guy, Professor Miss Food, like Miss Sud, Miss Sud, I don't know, contacted him and, and basically was like, I can help candidate Trump meet president Putin. And then in March, 2016, Papadopoulos told Trump and campaign officials that he could set up a summit between Trump and Russian, uh, president Vladimir Putin through this guy and sessions like, despite testifying during his congressional hearing to become a, a attorney general mm-hmm. said that he d- was not aware of that. Apparently he was like super enthusiastic. Yeah. And George Papadopoulos like said that he, Jeff Sessions was like, Oh yeah, definitely. Let's do it. And Trump also like nodded like, yeah, let's do it. And so Papadopoulos is like kind of flipping, but like he's been on George Stephanopoulos. Yes. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos and, Ste- and Stephanopoulos. Two Georges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's why he picked Stephanopoulos. Yeah. George, like, cause I'm sure George Papadopoulos could have like done any interview. Yeah. But he's like, but he's no, like, you know what? I have a feeling that this yeah. guy gets me. He's going to be helpful. He's going to be nice. I, I guess they're probably like both Greek or something. Yeah. I don't know. I do. I, I believe that is Greek. Um, well, another thing I wanted to say is that professor Mifsud sounds like a name like a like i am lord voldemort type name where yeah. like if you rearranged it it would be like it's vladimir putin or something like yeah that is, hi it's putin i mean i wonder if that has been looked into yeah or not i don't yet. know i can't do it off the top of my head right yeah. now but just reading the name i'm like it looks like it's like a fake anagram yeah <laughs> and so apparently this professor is the one that first told um papadopoulos that the russians had thousands of hillary clinton's emails mm-hmm. and um 
but however, Papadopoulos is saying that he does not recall telling anyone in the administration Ooh. about the emails. And I do not recall. <laughs> yes. Which it seems so unlikely because Papadopoulos is like a brown noser. Like yeah. he like wanted to like show off as much as he possibly could and go like up through the ranks. And the idea that he wouldn't tell anyone is like fucking bullshit ridiculousness right like half the reason that we even know about any of this is literally because george Papadopoulos got about it. drunk and told an australian so, diplomat so, yeah. about the emails and that's that's <laughs> the other thing so that's what triggered the whole fbi investigation yeah. in the first place and so when um papadopoulos he also talked to the new york times and he was saying that he does not remember if he said anything to the uh australian diplomat about well, maybe um, he was blackout. Yeah. Maybe he was well, really he was like, drunk. He's like, he's like, what did you have to drink? And he's like, oh, I had like a gin and t- I had, we had gin and tonics. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, and that's when he told him about Hillary Clinton's emails. He's like, I do not remember. So it's like, so you remember you were having fucking gin and tonics. Well, you don't there have been that. a couple of nights for me that have ended at a gin and tonic. And then I kind of wake up the next day and I'm like, I remember <laughs> gin and tonics. <laughs> what did I <laughs> but so like it's like obviously you told him it's like yeah. i wonder i mean what he the, obviously told he was overheard telling him yeah, and then I, the dip- diplomat was like hmm uh i, I need should to yeah. share this information and then apparently he also told like a greek official like foreign official foreign minister so it's like dude you definitely told a lot of people yeah i don't know why you're lying now again yeah <laughs> but i guess by saying he doesn't remember he can like kind of like do that yeah like, no one can tell you that you remember it i guess yeah because I forget things all the time. So yeah. So well, there's George Papadopoulos for so, you. Yeah, but like 14 days in jail. I mean, that's not a lot. But you know, I guess his life is ruined. Yeah, and that and is. I feel like that 14 days is like you took a plea and you're cooperating. Oh, 100%. with the federal investigation, he's, and so you only have to go to jail he, for 14 days. Yeah. So maybe he's saying he doesn't remember because it's he can't talk about it. Yeah, I mean, more is definitely. I mean, also, someone should give him a gin and tonic and yeah. see if he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> like George Papadopoulos should be conducting all of his interviews yeah. with one gin and tonic yeah. in hand, and we'll we'll get to the bottom of this <laughs> yeah. real quick. I think that's probably what they need to do next. Shall we move on to our big story of the day, yes. which is Les Moonves, the chairman and CEO of CBS? is the latest powerful Hollywood man to be brought down by the mighty pen of Ronan Farrow. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love these Ronan Farrow articles. However, they are quite long. They are long, but it is, but don't worry. I read the whole thing, but part of it is because there are so many allegations. There's like rampant sexual harassment and assault. I was just saying, I was saying this to Sammy today, but I was like, I feel like I know we've already given Ronan Farrow a Pulitzer, but I feel like we need to come up with another <laughs> award. Just to, like, yeah. I feel like every we need to just always be giving Ronan Farrow an award all the time. Yeah, he has to listen to so many stories. Yeah, of like I mean it must weigh on you to. I mean, yeah, it deal must. with it. And then also your stepdad is Woody Allen. Yeah, that sucks. Like that's, that's just and like like he married your sister yeah and molested your other sister so yeah there's just a lot we just need to make sure this is just like also he's gay like yeah give him give him a and dating john love is that so is that That true yeah i I knew we said that before but i wasn't sure if it was actually it's come out more true now because john lovett has been like uh standing for ronan farrow on twitter and being like i've seen ronan like report these stories and stuff which is the most like i don't think he's ever publicly been like i'm dating ronan farrow but it's like 
if you watch, he's like, I have watched every day as Ronan has Aww. diligently reported these. St-. It's like really, <laughs> it's honestly really sweet. Um, but what's not sweet are the allegations against Les No, also, when did like Les... Well, was that all? Was Leslie always like a uh, like a gender neutral name? I I feel like in our like as, as our, I don't know any man Leslies of my age. No, but I feel like our parents' generation had man Leslies. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Les is short for Leslie. So. Les Moonves has been accused. Originally, there was one New Yorker article that came out in August in which uh, six women who had professional dealings with Moonves made allegations between, like ranging between the 1980s and like the late 2000s that Moonves sexually harassed them Four described forcible touching or kissing during business meetings. Um, and two told Ronan Fair that Moonves physically intimidated them or threatened to derail their careers. And didn't someone, weren't there also allegations that he forced women to perform oral sex on him? Yes. So, yeah. Gross. So, is there's an initial, the, the like timeline of this is there's like an initial Ronan Farrow article that comes out in early August. And then CBS apparently starts beginning conversations to negotiate Moonvez's exit to the tune at that point of like $280 million. That's what his employment contract <sighs> entitled him to as a sizable payout. Now a new Ronan Farrow article came out this Sunday that yeah. added more women to the abuse allegations and kind of like came for CBS and like let everyone know like, yeah. oh, by the way, they're going to give him a severance package of $240 million, Which is 280. Nuts. So now what's going on is that Moonves has stepped down, but he will work as an unpaid advisor on CBS. Okay. That's like how Ivanka is like an unpaid intern at the White <laughs> House or whatever. Um, and he has a prospective $120 million payout, but it's on hold. It's put in a holdover trust pending the results of an investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct against him. Uh, originally he was going to get a $140 million payout. That was like another thing that was floated, but then they decided to generously allocate 20 million of that to the me too movement. Yeah. What? So now he'll get a hundred and he'll be, uh, he'll be a pauper with an $120 million payout to, depending on how this investigation goes. I'm kind of like, I feel like the investigation already happened. I know. There are two articles in the New Yorker about it. And like, there's also like, it says CBS has investigated these claims and would not respond to comment or they would comment and be like, and this, this issue has been settled. Yeah. It's like, obviously you know what's going on. And like, there is a whole history of harassment and these misogynistic, like, um, you know, tendencies and atmosphere, uh, at CBS. Yes. Like Charlie Rose at 60 Minutes. Yes. And there's the EP, Jeff Fager, who has been accused multiple times. And it's it's just like like when the man at the top is a fucking piece of shit who does this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it it bleeds down. Yeah. Like why if Les Moonves, who's in charge of the entire network, like there are multiple quotes in the article that are like there that like about like this one woman was quoted as set telling one of these actresses oh you've burned all your bridges at cbs and she was like i wouldn't <laughs> it's like kind of an interesting thing from this agent but she was like i would never say that because there are no bridges at cbs there's only less moon vest. yeah so it's just it's so, yeah if that's what the guy at the top is doing why would you ever expect him like if you're his like, report to him like this jeff fager guy it's like why would he 
think that he would get in trouble for sexual harassment if he knows that his boss is constantly harassing people. So with this Jeff Fager dude, there's been 19 current and former staffers who have alleged that Jeff Fager allowed harassment in the division while six former staffers accuse Fager of inappropriate touching. An intern has said, uh, was quoted as saying, all of a sudden I felt a hand on my ass. The hand belonged to an arm, which belonged to Jeff Fager. I really felt like this was one of the most sexist places I've ever worked. For a second, for a second, I read that as sexiest, and I was like, "That's insane!" <laughs> insane quote from the intern. <laughs> um, no. Um, another like element of this that is so creepy to me is that Les Moonves, when Me Too started happening, Les Moonves got like way out front of it as like a quote unquote ally, and in December he helped to found the Commission on Eliminating Sexual Harassment and Advancing Equality in the Workplace, which is chaired by Anita Hill right now. So it just goes to show you that like you have to make sure that these like quote unquote male allies or whatever are like putting their money where their mouth is in a yeah. real way because he was clearly. I mean, if you look at like... He was trying to cover his own ass. Yeah. If you look at like even Weinstein and stuff, he was like all up in like democratic causes, like on paper, had probably like donated to like women's groups and stuff. But you have to look at like the actual what, like how does what they say match up with their actual behavior. And all of this is like textbook harassment. All of the stories are really similar to the Weinstein stuff. He comes up with a reason to have an in-person meeting yeah makes a sexual advance and then when the woman doesn't respond or rejects him he goes on to try to destroy their career yeah like so um there's there's this one uh person this one woman that ronan farrow talked to her name is janet jones and she um basically so she signed this um deal with CBS that they would work with her exclusively. They gave her like, they, it was like $250,000 deal mm-hmm. and they gave her $50,000 up front and she did the pilot and like they read through it and everyone was like loving it and thought it was funny. He calls her to her office like after they like do the read through right before they start shooting and he like jumps on her. Like yeah. starts forcibly like forces themselves on her like holds her down like yeah. meets out with her tries to like lift up her skirt and then she like was like got the fuck out of there like yeah and what's interesting yeah. is like in her story she's like she kind of tried to do it she wasn't like fuck you and like ran yeah, out she was trying to make jokes yeah she she says like multiple times that she was trying to like joke about it and stuff to try and like constantly just keep him because mm-hmm. at that point you're managing not only your career safety but your physical safety so yeah. you're like I don't want to like enrage yeah. this man who has already assaulted me Yeah, but like I don't want to enrage because once that's happened it's like well what else will this person do exactly yeah you know? and so she ends up like talking to her management about it. she ends up getting a lawyer through Martin Scorsese, who was her ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. which interesting tidbit yeah. and this the guy he um they end up the lawyer ends up talking to someone at CBS, like you need to give her the rest of your money or, mm-hmm. like that she deserves. And Les Moonves calls her and he says, I'm warning you. I will ruin your career. You will never get a writing job. No one will hire you. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And that's just fucked up. Yeah. And it's like this, you can, you're, these women are working their whole lives. It's probably like a dream to even get a meeting with Les Moonves. Yeah. And then it's like, she's been writing scripts. Like it's, it's just so heartbreaking the amount of work that these people yeah. go through to get to these points I know. and then to have this fucking piece of shit asshole just like ruin it, ruin their whole experience. Yeah. And that's like another thing that was super sad. Just like reading through Ronan Farrow's article is like all of these women went to his hotel room or whatever with 
an actual business thing that they thought was going to happen. Like one of them had prepared like a PowerPoint with like all this stuff that she wanted to talk to him about. They come in like prepared and ready, excited and ready for a business meeting and to be taken seriously and to be, have their career advance. And what happens is like the business meeting was all just a ploy. It was like a trick. And that's so like, I mean, obviously being assaulted is horrible, but it's also like double demoralizing because it's like, you're coming in prepared for this career thing and then you find out the career thing wasn't, it was never about your ideas or anything that you brought to the table career-wise. This guy just like wanted to assault you. Yeah, and it didn't matter, like it, it, it clearly didn't matter the level of like, um, notoriety these women had no. because, you know, I, obviously there were women who weren't as like progressed in their career, but then however, there was this one producer Chris, uh, Christine Peters, who produced How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, she like bought the book, right? Classic. And made like millions of dollars. And this was, she met with him after this and he still sexually assaulted her. Yeah. And I mean, well, that one woman was also like Martin Scorsese's yeah. recent ex. Like she and Martin Scorsese had just broken up. So it's like, it's not like she didn't have connections no, in the entertainment yeah. industry. I mean, it was literally through her connections with Martin Scorsese that she was able to get a lawyer and like yeah. figure some of this stuff out. So it's just like, it's horrible. There's also allegations like that it, he just in general like would try to ruin women's careers. Yeah. Like there's one story. So CBS was in charge when the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake wardrobe malfunction happened. Oh, iconic moment. Iconic moment. And Janet Jackson did not like apologize to Les Moonves's satisfaction. And so he apparently worked to try to tank Janet Jackson's career he wouldn't let them play any of her music or music videos because um cbs is tied to viacom or it was it's it not was, anymore yeah but there's something and now they're trying to get it tied back yeah and so now like, it might be easier he was being like vh1 and mtv can't play her music videos all this stuff when he would find out that she was like involved in anything that had to do with any of his projects he would flip out and try to get her out so like he was i mean to go for janet yeah. Miss Jackson, Miss if you're nasty, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's, it's just fucked up that it's, it, and then there's also this, the story about how he did this to a, a doctor he was seeing. Um, she like didn't, wouldn't, can't name him by name because it's like against the rules to a doctor to confirm a patient. But if you just do the research, it's obviously about him. And apparently he like tried to make out with his doctor and she wouldn't allow it. And he like took and he just like jerked off in front of her and then left. That's in front of your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Also, and then he apparently called and apologized the next day. It's like, oh, you asshole. Hey, I had a gin and tonic yesterday and yeah. I cannot remember what happened at our doctor's appointment. <laughs> that, that is so crazy because one, I can't imagine a place I feel less sexual than yeah. at the doctor's mm-hmm. office. Two, I feel like a doctor should be able to confirm a patient if the patient jerked off in front of her so. during, yeah. their, <laughs> during their yeah. meeting. Like, like, well, she like put a note in his file being like, no. He jerked off yeah, in front yeah. of me. Yeah. Like, and yeah, basically. And like being like, no female doctor should be in a room alone with him. That is such a crazy thing that like, because I guess a doctor, you have the Hippocratic Oath, you have HIPAA, you have all these things you need to uphold that it's like, she can't even just be like, we're expelling this man from our practice. Like you still have to provide him with medical care just by like, because that's like what a doctor has to do by oath. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, and now I guess 
he's remaining as an unpaid advisor to CBS. I don't I like that is bullshit. What? I know. CBS just cut ties. I know Fuck you. And he's still getting potentially $120 million plus all the stuff, the money that he's already made that they can't take from him. Plus like he still gets paid out his like shares and yeah. stuff like that. Like that $120 million payout is just like a full like severance thing that yeah. they would be giving he's him. He's still going to be rich no matter what. Yeah. So like if he did not get a single penny more from CBS, he would be rich for the rest of his life. Yeah. So it's just insane that there's even a negotiation of like what and to do just, with him. This just paints CBS in a terrible light. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, so maybe we should start like, I don't know, burning our survivor buffs yeah. because I'm protesting CBS. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, I know <laughs> it's really <laughs> unfortunate. And it's so really unfortunate. He's it's, also, so he's married to Julie Chen, who is uh, like the lead host on the CBS show, the talk and big brother. Isn't the talk just like the poor man's the view? Yes. Okay. It's like, it's like, their response to the view. And, um, I basically like, I don't, it, it, I think the Roseanne daughter is on it too. Who like restarted the Roseanne resurgence. Uh, who? I forget her name. Oh. The, the lesbian with the curly hair. I don't Darlene. Remember. Oh, Darlene. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, he's all, she's on the show too. But so yeah, she said she's taking a leave of absence from the talk and in a statement says that she fully supports her husband. So that's questionable. Okay. I think she should um, look to Georgiana Chapman, yeah, uh, the ex-wife of Harvey Weinstein, and follow her lead. Yeah, and get the fuck out, of, out there. of there. But I think there are like low-key implications that Julie Chen helped to at least wreck the careers of these women yeah, I mean, in her that own way. I mean, how could you be married to someone working the same network? and not have any idea about their fucked up proclivities. Yeah. It's like, it's one thing if you like are like, whatever my husband has affairs, but it seems like based on some other allegations that Julie Chen was also like kind of aiding and abetting him yeah. in other ways. So and they have children like, yeah, ugh, I feel bad ugh. for them. Okay. Ugh, children, ugh, children. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah. So, We'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully he gets no money and yeah. dies in disgrace. And just another moment of appreciation for Ronan Farrow. Yeah. Um, all right. We got one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. It's a quick one more thing. Just a, just a heads up. You know, there's a hurricane. It's rapidly intensifying. It's called Hurricane Florence. It's coming on its way. It's coming towards the East Coast. And it's now a Category 4 storm with 130 mile per hour winds, according to the National Hurricane Center. Great. So climate change is real. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the climate is changing and it sucks and it's raining. Yeah. So maybe if you like the earth and you don't want to, if you live on a coast and you don't want to be underwater, maybe vote for candidates who believe in climate change and who want to help the environmental protection agency grow stronger, not destabilizing it. Yeah. I think that sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. Um, so, and so, yeah, so I might hit the mid-Atlantic coast Thursday night. That's the projected timeline. All right, guys. Um, well, that's all we have for you today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Bye. Batches.